You probably thought we'd be good at sports trivia, and you'd be absolutely right. You also thought we wouldn't dare have another five-man episode, and you'd be absolutely wrong. Good evening, and welcome to the ninth edition of the You Thought Sportscast, where I'm joined by regulars Lucas Mason Moyer. What's up, everybody? Aiden Lewis. Good to be here. And our revered guest, Bart Janchuk. Hey, hey, hey. Thanks for having me again. And, of course, my brother, Wyatt Ludecker. Hey, how's it going? We're all doing great, it looks like. Please check out our new... Before you listen, please check out our new Twitter account and logo designed by Wyatt. At you. Thought Media. It's all one word, all lowercase. Follow us, share the podcast, and tweet at us to let us know your thoughts on the show. Um, so last week, in fact, our takes were so hot that Spotify refused to publish the episode. Luckily, they relented, and we reached a middle ground. But um, today is a review day. We're going to review not only the conference championship games, but look at the whole season and review. I'm confident that there will be some very spirited debate in this episode, so don't go anywhere. First, though, we're going to start off with the Titans-Chiefs game, the AFC championship game. Um, obviously, another great performance with by Patrick Mahomes, but uh, we're going to have Lucas start off this discussion. What do you got for us? Uh, so a couple things. First, um, I think it really just showcased things I've talked about in the past in the past about how Mahomes is just the absolute complete quarterback. His stats were incredible: twenty three for thirty five, two hundred ninety four yards, and three touchdowns through the air. And not only that, he was their leading rusher, even though he, that's something he's not even really known for. I mean, the stats weren't crazy, but eight for fifty three with the one long touchdown was also. Really impressive. He just led that team to victory. Another big comeback victory, though, less dramatic fashion than the Texans. He's a great leader. He's a great passer. He can run if he needs to. And I think the Chiefs are set for years and years to come uh, if Mahomes stays at the helm. On the other side of the ball, I think the Chiefs also won because they sort of forced the Titans out of their traditional game plan. Tannehill threw the ball 31 times versus 15 against the Patriots and 14 against the Ravens, and that's largely because they were able to bottle up Derrick Henry, who only ran for 69 yards, which is pretty nice, but not a, a great stat line compared to his past weeks. So because they were able to bottle up Henry, um, they forced Tannehill to throw the ball, and while he's like a good quarterback, he can't put the team on his back, and it ended up with them losing. So Chiefs just kind of killed it. Their game plan went right to schedule, and they're going to their first Super Bowl in 50 years. Yeah, I think when it comes down to a shootout between Mahomes and Tannehill, which is what it was because they bottled up Henry, like it was just, there was no keeping up for the Titans. The Titans game is slow burn, you know, time of possession, kind of wear the defense down with Derrick Henry. And they ended up playing from behind, even though they had a lead pretty early on. And once they were behind, they just could not score at the pace that the Chiefs could. Yeah, uh, as far as them being set with Mahomes goes, yeah, I mean, he's he's a robot. Like, I know, you know how people will say, like, if you could manufacture a, like, prototypical basketball player, you would come up with, like, LeBron or Kevin Durant in the lab. Like, if you could manufacture a prototypical quarterback, it's literally Patrick Mahomes. He's a hack. And, yeah, as long as he's got Andy Reid calling his plays, they're, they're going to be ridiculously difficult to slow down offensively. I'm very curious to see how that 49ers defense can do it, though, because they are maybe the best defense in the league. So, Yeah, I said it last week is, is I wanted to see how the Titans played when they're playing from behind because um, you talked about it, or we talked about it earlier, 
is that they're kind of like that slow burn where they just they're a heavy run game, they want to manage the clock, they put together like a nine minute scoring drive and then the Chiefs just went and scored right away. So it's kind of a hard thing for the Titans to to overcome. But I mean if you look at the stat line, it's not bad. Ryan Tannehill looks like he played pretty well. He he got over the seventy seven hundred yard mark uh, finally in a game. He uh Derrick Henry did have zero touchdown passes this week, though, and I think that was really hurt them. <laughs> but, I mean, Derrick Henry still had a touchdown. Ryan Tannehill had two touchdowns. Uh, the Everyone knows when you talk about football that the pass sets up or the run sets up the pass and vice versa. Um, I don't think the Titans have anything to worry about or have anything to feel disappointed about. I think they had a great season. I think they have a good future. I think Ryan Tannehill has earned himself a contract going to next year. I think Derrick Henry has earned himself a contract for going into next year. And I think Mike Vrabel as a head coach is incredible. And the Titans should absolutely be uh, excited about their future going forward. Yeah, and it's nice to see, as an um, Eagles fan, Andy Reid kind of exercises demons of losing in conference championship <laughs> games. I don't know the exact number. I can look it up later, but I think – I. Every year, I feel like growing up, it'd be like, oh, I'm six, they're going to the conference championship and they lose, and I'm 15, <laughs> and they're going to the conference championship and losing. And it just felt like that same story every year, except for the Super Bowl in 04-05. So 15 years later, it'll be good to have him back, and I hope he kind of like finally gets over the edge and is able to he, win his first Super Bowl, because he, he deserves, deserves it more than like, most coaches. Yeah. 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 Everyone's rooting for him. Like literally, everyone he's, wants he, Andy Reid to get over this hump. So we'll see. <laughs> he's a uh, he's going on a diet. I'm excited to see Andy Reid coach a football game in a Hawaiian shirt. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think um, it will be interesting to see what the Titans do. I, I read that they had 19 expiring contracts, including Tannehill, obviously, and Derrick Henry. Yeah, so mm-hmm. they'll so they'll be looking to resign those guys. Looks like Mariota will probably be going out the door, which they no. could get some return for that. Uh, yeah, unfo- I'm crying. Um, I think another storyline, though, that bodes well for Andy Reid is that the Chiefs made a lot of good in-game adjustments in both of their games, um, obviously coming from behind and making the adjustments to then stifle the other team for pretty much most of the game until the fourth quarter when you start playing your prevent defense, you know, and they just score on you. The defense looked pretty good, too, like – Obviously, Honey Badger coming in clutch, laying some big hits, nine combined tackles, and the Chiefs are hot. Same with the 49ers, but the Chiefs haven't lost since their last game to against the Titans. So, um, Emma Holmes didn't have to use tight ends either. He used, like, Watkins and Tyreek Hill. I think a lot of stuff's boating pretty well for the Chiefs right now um, going forward. If you take Patrick Mahomes off that, t- like off the team, you remove him from the MVP conversation of that game. It definitely goes to Tyron Matthew. Just to, to touch on what you said earlier. Yeah. Yeah, and I wanted to add, like, speaking of people who deserve to be in the Super Bowl, uh, I think the Honey Badger also. He's always been like so, just like so passionate about football and uh, mm-hmm. like very committed and obviously always very very talented. So I'm happy to see him there as well. Yeah. Yeah, and a guy who really matured. Like there was a time where like. Yeah. He was just kind of a yeah. wild card. Like, you're wondering if he was going to go, like, the Josh Gordon route or just, you know, just kind of flame out. But he really put it together. He's, like, a, a leader on this team. And, yeah, we'll see how it works out. Yeah. Yep. So <clears throat> so then looking ahead at the NFC Championship game, obviously had a really pretty good uh, dominant performance, I would say, by the 
San Francisco 49ers setting up the 49ers and Chiefs in the Super Bowl. No State Farm Bowl, unfortunately. But Wyatt, what were your takeaways <laughs> from this game? What are you looking forward to? Um, I got a, I got a, I have a rant to open up this <laughs> little segment. Okay, the Green Bay Packers are frauds. You did it, Aaron. You fooled us. You made us believe that this was finally the year you took the throne as the greatest quarterback of all time. You had me. Now hold your pitchforks for a second, Packers fans, because I know what you're going to say. This is a great 49ers team. Nobody has been able to beat them this year. But before the year started, we were sold these fantasies of a revamped defense, and Aaron Rodgers finally has a run game, and he's been blessed with this young, offensive-minded head coach. And it took Jimmy G eight throws to win the game. This was your chance, Aaron, and you blew it. Those are my thoughts. <laughs> I mean, going off the eight throws from Jimmy G thing, I think like one of my biggest takeaways and from this game and from the playoffs in general are how much the NFL has become like a run dominant league. Like Mostert had twenty nine rushes for two hundred twenty yards and four TDs versus Jimmy G six for eight seventy seven yards. Like a perfectly pedestrian game, but like he did his job. They were able to just like pound the ball at them over and over and over. I mean, Whereas okay. The Packers... so, yeah. <laughs> okay. That, that, that happening in the Titans games yeah. uh, before the conference championships, I understand are like, no, but so no, the top, the, for the first time ever, the top four teams who had the most rushing yards all made the playoffs. And only one of the top four teams who had the most passing yards. Uh, made the playoffs. So if nothing else, I think an efficient run game has become more of a benefit to a team than necessarily a prolific passing game. But do you still... Like, it goes back to the question of... I don't know. I mean, you might be right. Of Are they just doing well at running because they consistently have leads? Well, that's fair. The Niners? It's... Well, just the, the four teams that all were in the oh. top four and running in general, I, I guess. I don't know. I mean, if if PFF has anything to go by, then they'll tell you that uh, having a good quarterback is still like leaps and bounds more valuable than having a good running back. But I uh, yeah, I mean, it's, I yeah, think, it's definitely that's definitely an interesting I think teams, statistic. Yeah, teams love to use their their rushing attack until it stops working, and then they have to fall back on passing. Like like, it's you're always gonna have to come back to passing if you're trying to catch up, if you're trying to you know gain some ground, and we saw that in the the titans chiefs game that the you know the titans couldn't quite do it like it's hard to look at yeah that like the chiefs game and think that yeah passing isn't still the the dominant force in the league but i uh, i did want to respond to Wyatt as well i can't believe i'm coming to the defense of aaron Rodgers here <laughs> but uh i just wanted to say i mean most are running for four touchdowns is like nothing aaron Rodgers could have done to stop i mean 20 points by the Packers isn't like a soups like a absurdly low it's disgraceful amount, that's you know? the word you're looking for it's, <laughs> i don't know i yeah the, the packers defense was definitely exposed but and i agree that aaron Rodgers is uh like quite a ways worse from where he was in his like mvp 2011 season but uh mm-hmm. i still don't think he's particularly the the, the one to blame here <laughs> yeah i i do th- i think he is he had four turnovers in i the mean game two touch yet. two interceptions Okay, the two yeah, interceptions and the two fumbles as well, including the one that was the fumbled snap, and he honestly just kind of sat there and stared at it, yeah, and watched it <laughs> bubble on the ground. And my buddy and I were watching the game, and we looked at each other and we're like, "What? What just happened? Yeah. Did he really? I mean, he just 
He seems so uninterested. They put up a goose egg in the first half. I, Aaron Rodgers hasn't done anything this year, and I know that they're going 14 and four, and that's why they're frauds is because they're a fake 14 and four. It's it's not impressive to look at a team that has to only beat um, the Bears and the Lions in order to get into the playoffs. Like it just they they seem so out of place. Aaron Rodgers looks like a shell of himself, honestly, at this point. Um, he's yet to have that like vintage Aaron Rodgers game. I'm not impressed at all. Aaron Rodgers doesn't. He put up 326 yards and two touchdowns. That's not uh, an escape to his failures in the game yesterday, Sunday. I mean, my my question is, where was Dexter Williams? First off. Um, <laughs> that's what I was going to say. I have that in my notes as well. Our man who thought Wisconsin was Michigan in his initial social media posts. <laughs> but yeah, it is it is interesting though that Aaron Rodgers hasn't been back to the Super He hasn't been back to the Super Bowl at all since since I think is that's one season when I think he was 26 is what I was reading. Um and then he said in the press conference, I realize I have a lot I have less years in front of me now than I do um behind me. So it'll be interesting to see how his game evolves if um, they're able to do it, you know. Yeah. He's one in three in those conference games, by the way. S- speaking of games evolving, let's let's segue here a little bit into teams that surprised us this year. Uh, and the first thing that comes to mind for me is, maybe not surprisingly, the 49ers with how well they evolved. Um, to be entirely honest, when I was thinking about teams that surprised me, the first team actually – uh, was the Ravens that came to mind? Um, just because they went 14 and two this season, I looked this up. I mean, they were the first team to do that since 2016. Only like the third team since 2011. It's very rare. I mean, they were 10 and six last year, but they were still really, really good this year. I don't think anybody saw that coming. Uh, and yet, the 49ers were—they uh, had 10 10 losses or more for each of the past four seasons. Last year, they were four and 12. They had the second overall pick. And they went from four and twelve to thirteen and three, like on a dime. It's crazy. I don't. I don't know. Uh, I guess all of their first round picks over the years suddenly just blossomed uh, at the right time. And Kyle Shanahan obviously is putting it together as a head coach. But uh, I think, yeah, people were definitely um, perplexed by just how well the 49ers have have been have done this year. Yeah, I'm with you on that part. Uh, it's pretty wild that like. We look at the 49ers D currently, and it's it's been pretty steely throughout this playoff run. All season, it's been one of the best in the league. And if you look at it last year when they were 4-12, and 12, it was historically bad. Like, they had, this is it's no joke, they had two interceptions on the entire season. It set a record. Oh that was the God. lowest of all time, including strikes shortened seasons. Like, they had seven total takeaways, and this year they had 27. So like I I can't explain that. I mean, obviously they, you know, their defense improved. They drafted Nick Bosa, you know, but that's just a dramatic turnaround. I I don't know how you get from, you know, last year's D to this year's D. Well, it it, it I don't know. It's a, a common theme in in football is like uh variation away from the mean. And so how often you'll have like a team being really good or really bad in one season, everybody's like, ah, yeah. <laughs> and then they just regress. So I think what happened is they were really far away from the mean in one direction last year. Yeah. And they kind of came closer this year to what they will be normally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I agree with both those picks and I'll throw another one in there. They're not as like a dramatic improvement to a point of being like really, really good, 
I think the Bills were one that surprised me too. Um, last year they were six and ten and flipped it around to ten and six. They became really close to being the Texans in the wild card game, if not for some heroics from Deshaun Watson. And a lot of it was again up to like a vastly improved defense with the second best points against in the NFL. Um, and that combined with Josh Allen, who's like always kind of hyped up for being, you know, he has like the intangibles, but and the athleticism, but not necessarily like the performance. And normally I like Jared, I'm always skeptical of guys like that. Um, but he put in a solid, like good game manager season, over 3000 yards, 20 TDs versus only nine picks. Um, he could run some too, 510 rushing yards and nine TDs. And that coupled with a good run game behind Singletary and Gore, I think really just took them to, well, not like the upper echelons of like a Ravens or a 49ers, but like, a good solid playoff team, especially in in AFC East, where they could almost challenge a Patriots team for the first conference title in a while, or not division title in a while. I also Agreed. had the Ravens and the Bills, um, and I think just a quick shout out to the Steelers. I know that they didn't make the playoffs, but I think the Steelers kind of overachieved this year. They uh, they didn't. They had every right once Ben Roethlisberger went out just to say we're tanking. They dropped a quarterback high. They could move on. Um, and then there was, you know, calls for Mike Tomlin to get the Coach of the Year award. I think the Steelers did a pretty good job recovering from everything. And then there were some disappointments there, too. There's a reason why they're 8-8, eight and eight, but I think that they deserve some recognition for what they did so far. I was speaking of Mike Tomlin being the Coach of the Year. I saw a tweet that was like, Mike Tomlin should retroactively get like seven Coach of the Year awards for dealing with Antonio Brown for <laughs> yeah. all the years he coached yeah. him. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, okay. just to add that. <laughs> yep. So we're now going to move on from the positive, you know, a surprising team, team that was surprisingly good, to the most disappointing team. And got a lot of options this year. Uh, I'm going to start us out with kind of a more low-key one, uh, the Los Angeles Chargers, who kind of generally fly under the radar, even though they've been historically good for the last what 15 years ever since they you know got philip rivers essentially and in 2018 they went 12 and 4 you know as a solid tandem act of philip rivers and melvin gordon and you know coming into this year where philip rivers is going to be a, a free agent this off season like this was kind of his last chance to actually make a statement because he hasn't actually really done anything in the playoffs to be honest but it was a flop uh rivers had a very mediocre year melvin gordon held out for the first four weeks and then with the, then was you know a pretty average running back you know average under four yards a carry it's kind of a theme we see in holdout running backs they come back and they're actually not that good um and you know now the chargers they went i think it was five and eleven and they're heading into this offseason looking for an heir apparent because it looks like philip rivers is out bought a house in florida so they've got a you know rehaul maybe maybe look at a Tua or a Justin Herbert, and uh, yeah, so it's kind of a, a depressing last season for Philip Rivers in Los Angeles. I've heard rumblings too of Tom Brady making his way out to LA. <laughs> if the Patriots don't, Tom Brady's him. going everywhere. Sources he, are he telling us that, yeah. <laughs> he was in Vegas not so long ago. Who keeps track of the house? <laughs> like who keeps track of the real estate market out there where they they figure out who sells and who buys houses. What a who's job, in too. Who's in charge like, of that? I, have, like, <laughs> I know. Right? Who's going through these papers? I, like, Somebody at Elias Sports Bureau. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Our heroes over at the yeah. Elias Sports Bureau. Can I throw out a name for a disappointing team? Oh, yeah. Go ahead. 
I think the Jaguars underachieved. They had yeah. this. They signed Nick Foles and they had Jalen Ramsey and then this top defense, and then they went six and ten and didn't even sniff the playoffs. Yeah, this was it was like a year where so many teams, like both of those teams, are a great example. Just completely imploded for some reason. Um, and yeah, they they theoretically should have been way better with Nick Foles, and then even like Minshew Mania maybe should have helped them out too. But it was kind of interesting to see them tank. Uh, or not tank, but just see them kind of go down the drain. Uh, yeah, and to trade Jalen Ramsey as well in the middle of the season. Yeah, they had some drama. So, and speak, speaking of drama, one more team I wanted to throw in there too, <laughs> the Oakland Raiders, who I think have disappointed the last two seasons. So think mm. about like the start of the year, they they get Antonio Brown, and then all that drama with his saga just kind of de- I feel like just derailed their season kind of. Um. <laughs> And they didn't really get any attention throughout the entire year, really. They and they started six and four, but ended seven and nine. So they went one and what is that? One and five in their last games. Um, so since John Gruden's been there too, they made some like kind of questionable moves. I think like getting rid of Khalil Mack, Amari Cooper's gone now, and if John Gruden's on a ten-year, hundred million dollar contract, like a seven and nine season, I I would say is a major disappointment. Um. But maybe Tom Brady will come there and turn it around. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the. I don't even really know what their future looks like, to be honest. Derek Carr's been underachieving a lot since that one good season he had. Yeah. So. Yeah. And then the other team I wanted to briefly throw out, though not like a huge regression, but just like disappointing compared to last year, was the Rams. Um, went to the Super Bowl last year and sort of regressed to like an acceptable nine and seven, like nine and seven that would have won the NFC East, but. I don't know. Golf wasn't very efficient this year. 22 touchdowns versus 16 interceptions. Uh, the defense wasn't great. 17th in points allowed. 21st in rush touchdowns allowed. Gurley was, like, fine. And, I mean, maybe it's just an off year sort of coming down from a Super Bowl high. But also maybe Sean McVay isn't the genius <laughs> we always thought he was. Like, the, well, the league learned how to play How dare you? Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I know. I, I don't know. I think he's still probably pretty smart. Like we're not gonna, no, we're I not gonna say that about Kyle Shanahan or you know, I think I think they'll be fine next year. Kyle Shanahan's in the Super Bowl though. So was Sean McVay last year. So so next year if the Forty ers are bad, we're gonna be like, yeah, Kyle Shanahan was not the genius we thought he was. I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, but anyway, speaking of teams with potentially bright futures, um, I'd like to move into that section of it. So. Wyatt, are there any teams you think of a particularly bright future? I do. It's the New York Football Giants, my New York oh Football Giants. God. I want to oh say. Oh look, I mean, we <laughs> we have a lot to look forward to, and and we have the number four pick overall in the draft. And uh, I mean, I think four and twelve. When you look at a four and twelve record, you think like they have no chance. And um, it, there's a lot of question marks with this pick. There's the Joe Judge hire, and we don't know how the rest of the coaching staff kind of is going to work out and how Jason Garrett's really going to fit in. But I think Daniel Jones is actually a surprisingly good quarterback. I think Saquon Barkley um, is, of course, he's a generational type talent. I, I have a lot of hope, and I think that our Super Bowl window is a lot more open than we think it is, or people think it is. I think it's open, wide open. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think the yeah. only thing going for the Giants really is that they're in an easy – they were in an easy division last two years, really. Um <laughs> But I don't see it at all, though. It doesn't. Matter. They went from having they had a high pick last year, and they lost one more game. You know, I don't think I don't really see 
I think the rebuild is still. I think the rebuild is still a couple years away. I I don't know. I don't know. I'm yeah. I'm also suspicious of the Joe Judge hire as well, and I don't know if like maybe just because he has very little experience, and I feel like they should have gone for somebody like more of a resume, like uh, BME from the Chiefs, but. That organization just seems to have made a lot of questionable decisions over the past couple of years, and yeah. I'm not fully confident that it'll all pan out. Yeah, I think if you look, yeah, quick, I, I think yeah. if you look at all the good things going, we have a lot of cap space. We could really build out a defense. Um, Daniel Jones played really well. He overachieved for the for somebody who we they laughed at us when we picked him, and we're moving on from Eli Manning. Like this is a, a new leaf, and we have all the opportunity in the world to do whatever we want with it. Yeah, I 100% agree with Wyatt that a team with a bright future uh, calls MetLife Stadium their home. Um, I just don't think it's the Giants. <laughs> uh, I'm going <laughs> to go with the Jets on this one. Not at all for Ooh. biased reasons. Uh, no way. <laughs> but uh, when Sam Darnold doesn't have mono, it turns out the Jets are pretty <laughs> solid. Uh, they, they really struggled in the early part of the season, especially missing Sam for the f- like four or five games. And in their last eight games, they went six and two. Uh, and, you know, they may have been blown out by the Bengals during that six and two, you know, streak. <laughs> but in general, they looked like a solid team who could, you know, potentially put up a fight in an AFC East that, you know, has a weaker Tom Brady or maybe doesn't even have Tom Brady at all, ideally. Um, but I'm, I'm doubtful about that. But, but yeah, I think the Jets will be interesting to watch uh, when they've, you know, got Sam Donald for the whole season. I agree with you on that one. I, they were they were the team I picked for most surprising team, actually. So, because uh, they got a lot of shade this year, like a lot of people they are making did. fun of them and stuff. But yeah, they, they actually they were so seven and times. nine. Yeah, you know, you know, they started out like yeah, really poorly. But you know, when people looked again at the end of the year, they're like, oh, this this team was was solid. So, you know, we'll see. Things are looking up. And then before before we transition, I wanted to throw in one more team real quick. I think it's the Carolina Panthers actually have a pretty bright future. Mm. I really like the Matt Rule hire. I think he's going to bring some nice energy and swagger to the team. Um, I still have faith in Cam Newton that he could get going, um, and they're still going to have McCaffrey. It could be a great combo this year, <clears throat> next year, or they could. They're going to have a decent draft pick, maybe trade up to get Tua. Who knows? They could be deadly. I really like that team. So we'll see. Yeah, the Panthers were my pick too, just because I think Matt Rule. Everywhere he's gone, I realize college is different than the pros, but he's taken teams from nothing mm-hmm. to just, like, way overachieving yes. um, within a few years. So, yeah, the Panthers were my pick, too. Even if not maybe next year, but within the next two, three years, I think the Panthers are going to be a really good team. Are you ready yeah, to At the on? very least, they need to avoid having Kyle Allen be the backup Q next year. <laughs> yes. He, uh, he kind of killed their season this year. <laughs> okay, so on the flip side of teams that are – Going up, we have a lot of teams projecting down next season. Um, so, Jared, who are your teams projecting down next season? You know what? I got a controversial one. I hope this stirs up a lot of beef. I'm going with the Philadelphia Eagles. I think they're going to turn into – I agree. Oh, wow. Okay. I'm a... I think they're going to turn into a Carolina Panthers-type team from the last few years, from the last few years where they start going like 7-9. to nine. Um, I Carson Wentz is just so injury-prone, too. That and that and it shows that they can't really do much without him. Well, I mean, I okay, so that. let's get rid of that Super Bowl season. But um, I think that like without him, they he didn't just even win the Super Bowl. Nick Foles won the Super Bowl. I know, like, but um, but um, what I'm saying is when he's not there. They no, that's can't. what I'm saying. I like, yeah, I don't think he's like that great of a quarterback. 
I mean, he's a okay. he's above average quarterback, but I don't think he's like a generational type talent in the way that many Eagles fans like to treat him as. And just because he's so injury prone, you could find another quarterback who's just as good. Yeah, I think with relative ease, he wasn't as injury prone. Yes. Um, do you think Tom Brady should go to the Eagles and just come in as a closer and they only play him in the postseason? Because <laughs> it's bound to happen that Carson Wentz goes down. They throw Tom Brady in. They let, they let, it, they let it roll. I don't think Tom Brady's pride would allow him to play anything other than a starter. Yeah. yeah. He would start in the postseason. He'd be a closer. Exactly. <laughs> like they do it, they do it in baseball. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and a lot of that core is aging too. Like, I don't know. Jason Peters will be gone next year. Kelsey's getting older. Mm. They don't have a great... Like, Miles Sanders and Jordan Howard are, like, fine running backs, but I don't know. As Aiden sometimes talked about before, I don't know if any one running back really makes that big of a difference as opposed to an O-line, and their O-line is aging. And, I mean, Fletcher Cox will still be solid, but Malcolm Jenkins is also getting older. Like, I think they're a team that could definitely regress next year as well. Especially if the Giants are going up, too. <laughs> and Cowboys and the Cowboys. And the Cowboys. <clears throat> Wyatt, do you have a pick on that one? Um, I feel like mine are the obvious. Like there's the New England Patriots that I feel like depending on it depends on this Tom Brady situation on how it goes where he goes. Um if they if he stays, I don't think that I think that they can still win some games. They don't have a very tough division. Um, I think that the Vikings are probably projected down as well. I'm not very confident. I was going to say that, but I didn't want to, uh, <laughs> like, you know, no, no, no. Back me up, Bart. What you got? Hurt all my, hurt all my fellow Minnesotans. They all just heard you. Uh, yeah. No, it's oh, definitely, yeah. it, I don't know. There are, there are reasons for concern. <laughs> um, no, I mean, just if you think about it, I think, so Kirk Cousins' fate is tied directly in with Mike Zimmers and our GM, Rick Spielman's. I think uh they could all be on their way out after the season if it's not like at least uh i don't even know an nfc championship appearance i think the defense is starting to regress our offensive line is still in shambles Diggs and thielen are just getting a year older i don't know dalvin cook is super injury prone uh there are just a lot of reasons to think maybe we're like we're not super reloaded with young talent either from from recent drafts so yeah i could i could see them Frankly, even missing the playoffs next year, if you pushed me. <laughs> <laughs> I, have a, I have a controversial pick, actually. Looking. Okay. I have the Seahawks. The Seahawks are projected down. From I, I know too. that. No. I, no. I know people think that. I think that Russell, or not Russell. I think that the Seahawks are bound for like a six-win season or less than a six-win season. This offensive line, every year, it's always, it gets worse. They have like this ragtag team uh, on defense, and I feel like they have a bunch of people that it, it always it feels like it's slowly falling apart. Like it, everything is slowly decaying, and I know that as long as you're Russell Wilson, you'll win some games. He's actually a pretty good quarterback, but I I don't I don't believe in this team and then the rest of his roster outside of him to to put together another 11 win or or 12 win season. Yeah, I just think they overachieved for a you know twelve win team. If it, like their point differential in the season was plus seven, they won a, like one game by more than ten points. Like it just seems. I'm just p- making this pick statistically. It seems like they should not have won as many games. Like they they got out of them because Russell Wilson is you know is clutch. 
Uh, but if he doesn't come through in just a couple of those, like you're talking about a pretty different season. Like they were not dominant. They were just getting by in pretty much all of their games. Yeah. I just want to add, though, I've been hearing whispers, mm-hmm. you know, from my sources inside mm-hmm. the league that uh, maybe maybe Pete Carroll is on his way out. Really? I think that's an interesting thought that maybe maybe it's not so much the roster and the players, but uh, like Pete Carroll and his his philosophy maybe are just they needed a, a refresher of some sorts in the whole wow. in the whole organization. I yeah, I can see that, but I think it'd also be a tough sell after like making it to the divisional round of the playoffs okay. that. Yeah. He gets bored quickly though. Now. He jumps ship quickly. You know. Yeah. How long has he been there though? Kind of a while, yeah. Surprisingly yeah. long time. Yeah. I feel like as soon as they have one of those six win seasons though, he might move. Yeah. Yeah, that's when he gets bored. To close out the episode, we're gonna go into our, some special rants. We we have three hand picked rants. We're gonna start off with Bart. What do you have for us this week? Uh so I'm gonna keep I'm going to keep my streak of NFL-themed rants up here, uh, make it three for three. This week, I just got really annoyed with Twitter uh, analytics football guys. I don't know if anyone else can relate. Um, so I want, to, I want to preface this by saying that I love uh, like the analytics world, uh, and I think like in general it's awesome and it's very respectable, yada, yada, yada. But guys on Twitter, they always, they're so condescending. They're just super snobbish <laughs> in general. Uh, no, you know, like you'll, you'll have somebody like tweet just like a, a really harmless tweet about how like having a good running back is helpful. Right. And every analytics guy comes in and he's like, ha, you're so <laughs> stupid. How could you believe that anything but a quarterback is worth having? <laughs> like, it's just like they attack you relentlessly. And I, I find it annoying. They just need to like, it's one thing to like know that you're right. Uh, and to just like have a strong opinion, but it's another thing to be like really off-putting about it. And I find them more on the side of off-putting recently. <laughs> yeah, I love the passion okay. though, Bart. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I appreciate it too. Dude, I'm fuming over here. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, that's that's my rant. Okay. So I'm up next for the rants, and while I'll be moving away from American football, I'm moving into another football, uh, soccer, and I'm going to focus on what's called VAR, or Video Assisted Replaying, which has gotten a lot of flack, and it people, lots of people want to get rid of it because they're saying it like ruins the flow of the game. Like People will get like all excited that they score their goal, and then they'll go on, re- like, go on Instant Replay and be like, no, he was offside, and I hear commentators always talking about like oh it like ruins the passion ruins the spirit but like i don't know i think like if i were a player i would want the right call and maybe that's like an overly like an american interpretation of the game but they're always complaining i've seen on twitter i've seen fans i've seen commentators i've seen coaches say things like it takes too long but like their definition of like takes too long is like a minute and a half like (laughs) they go they check if he was off sides they draw a couple lines to like line it up and then they, like, call it one way or another. And it's frustrating to me because, like, I mean, a lot of calls have, like, corrected errors and changed the results of games in, like, meaningful ways in which they wouldn't have been before to have a more accurate winner reflective of the balance of play. But maybe it's just people, like, being overly resistant to change. And there have been some, like, ridiculous instances. Like, in one case, like, they overturned a goal because a guy's armpit was offside. <laughs> and <laughs> Wait, but... Which, like, doesn't... 
<laughs> um, How is his body so configured that his armpit was the only thing the offside? <laughs> the definition of the law is it's a part of your body that can score a goal, has to be. Oh, gotcha. Um, is what makes it offside. So his arm was forward, but his armpit could technically have scored a goal. Um, so it counted as offsides. <laughs> but I don't know. Like, I get not wanting to, like, tell a tell a kid who's, like, first goal in the Premier League like it doesn't count and people like complained about that like when Liverpool played Wolves the commentators were like you're just gonna take that moment away from him and I'm like yeah he was offside <laughs> like he, he broke the rules <laughs> that's, that's incredibly stupid reasoning <laughs> so I know it's gotten a lot of flack VAR and maybe they can tweak it to make it a little quicker but I have no problems with like referees getting the right call even if it means there's more breaks in the game yeah yeah I 100% agree with you, Lucas. As long as it's not, like, extreme. Like, I'm willing to wait two or three minutes for something to be right. Especially something, like, in soccer. Like, there aren't that many goals, you know? Like, you're not going to be waiting yeah. for that. Like, you're only going to be waiting for it so many times. But anyway. Yeah, I think if they just keep at it a longer, coaches, uh, excuse me, managers, <laughs> like, interpretation of what takes too long will will chill out, too. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Okay, now moving back across the pond to American football, uh, I'm going to do my rant today. Not really a rant, just something I'm interested to, to see, uh, is that in the, the Pro Bowl this year, they've decided to do an onside kick alternative where they, there are no kickoffs. Well, first of all, after a team scores, no kickoff. But the, a team, the receiving team, or I guess the kicking team, will have two options, either to... One, have the other team start at the 25, or two, play one fourth and 15 play from their own 25. Uh, and if they get it, they get it. Otherwise, it's a turnover on downs, and the other team gets it. Um, will I tune in to the Pro Bowl for this? God, no. Um, there's there's not a lot that could get me to turn into the Pro Bowl. Um, and in terms of will they actually, like, call this will they actually do this fourth and 15 thing there are two possibilities you know one they don't do it at all and pretend it doesn't exist essentially um or it's the pro bowl i hope they realize that it's the pro bowl and no one cares and they just do it every time because that would be so much fun <laughs> yeah. uh but anyway i'll be interested to see the highlights the next day of any fourth and 15 plays um in terms of whether i think it's like an actual like possibility to be used in the real NFL, it seems a little video gamey. It's just seems like a bit of a, like, this is fun, but nothing more than that. I'm just, I think that we should work on the other problem, which is that onside kicks are almost impossible to convert at this point. Like a couple of years ago, they changed it um, from allowing uh, players on the kicking team to, from lining up more than one yard back from the ball. So previously they had, line up like five yards back was the max and they could get like a bit of a running start and actually have a chance. Uh, but now it's only one yard from behind the ball. So they can't get that running start. And the difference in percent of like onside kicks converted, it went down from like 23% to 8% in the following year. It's just not even like something that's that exciting anymore. Cause it just doesn't happen. I can't really recall the last time I saw one happen, like one successfully converted in the NFL. So, like, I understand the need to not have that running start for concussions, but I feel like you can have the ball, require the ball to be kicked a little less far or have the defense stand a little farther back. Have it be something that's a little more interesting without, you know, entirely getting rid of the onside kick because it's still an exciting play. 
I just think that at the moment it just it's too difficult. But I do think that fourth and fifteen is too easy. Like I think it should be comparatively difficult. And yeah. I think like if you had Patrick Mahomes, for example, yeah. attempting to convert a fourth and fifteen, it would happen at a far higher rate than any onside kicker. <laughs> no, that's true. So think, that's true. If they made it like fourth and twenty-five, yeah. That would that should would be, be more yeah. reasonable in my opinion. Should it be prorated for the quarterback? Should it be like, you know, fourth and thirty-three for Patrick Mahomes and you know, fourth and thirteen for Ryan Tannehill, you know, anyway. <laughs> I would love to see them just like roll possessions to like get it and then like just keep getting it back and back because it's like not that like hard for Patrick Mahomes to complete a 15 yard pass and yeah no. I think it is a possibility that they might try to use that though in an NFL game I think it's a scary possibility but I think the reason they're kind of throwing it out there in the Pro Bowl is because like oh maybe this is cool maybe it's maybe it's something we want to do in the future and I think I think it's Ah oh, man, I think it's the NBA. I don't have a lot of knowledge on that. They kind of do like the similar thing where they do it like the summer yep. league and in the all-star games where they kind of test things out. <clears throat> and then also on your recovery of an onside kick, um, the Falcons recovered two onside kicks in the Saints game when they beat them towards the end of the year. They, they, they recovered the one and they're like, oh, we're going to call it back. And they did it again. Right the, right the next <laughs> back to back. So we just got to talk to the Falcons. Yeah, <laughs> they know what's up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's funny though because apparently they voted on the the owners voted on this like onside kick alternative last year, and they like almost unanimously shut it down. And now they've like they're still like the NFL is still trying to somewhat make this happen. So we'll mm. see. But anyway, I think that about does it for our show today. Uh, we'll be back next week to talk about the, the Super Bowl and any predictions we've got in terms of that should be a good one. Uh, but thanks for joining us. And uh, yeah, see you next week.